I invite you to stand for our scripture reading for the message this evening, which is from Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. And if you'd like to follow along, I invite you to use the Red Pew Bible. Revelation 12. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pangs in the agony of giving birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, a great red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman who was about to deliver a child so that he might devour her child as soon as it was born. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a scepter of iron. But her child was snatched away and taken to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God so that there she can be nourished for 1,260 days. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven proclaiming, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accusers of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. But they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they did not cling to life even in the face of death. Rejoice then, you heavens and those who dwell in them. But woe to the sea and the earth. For the devil has come down to you with great wrath, because he knows his time is short. The word of the Lord. You can be seated. So my daughter asked her cousin, who is Unitarian, about her favorite part of Christmas. And, And my niece told her the coziness. And I think she is right for those of us who live in the northern hemisphere when it snows and and you cuddle up under a blanket in a room lit by a Christmas tree with a cup of hot something. It is cozy. And even for those of us who are Christians, when we romanticize the nativity, which if you know me well, you know I try to inoculate us against that practice, we will often think of the sweet-smelling hay and the baby Jesus all wrapped in swaddling clothes, and it is cozy. It's not how it was, but it is cozy in our imaginations. However, if you listened to the text I just read, Revelation 12, that 
interpretation of the Christmas story, that is not cozy. It's sort of like as if uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has overtaken Christmas. Like the pop artist Roy Lichtenstein has suddenly started illustrating the Bible. Pow! A, A giant pregnant woman with a sun garment and a moon footstool, and she is crying out in pain. It's time. The baby is about to be born. But this isn't in some out-of-the-way place. This is up there in the sky where everyone can see. And then there's the seven-headed dragon. I could only find a three-headed one. But a seven-headed dragon who's trying to eat the baby. And then there's an angel war against the dragon. This is very vivid. I I wanted to show even more than this. I really wanted to show some of the images that are described in in Revelation 12. And I'm not an artist or a designer, so I thought I would try to use some AI tools. And the first tool I used refused to create anything. It said the content would be against their policies. So you'll have to imagine the images. And this text, this, this... story in Revelation 12, it's actually written a lot like a comic book. It's written in panels, scenes. And and then there's this intermission, the hymn of praise at the end of what I read. And so as we look at the text this evening, I, I want you to imagine that we're in an art gallery together. We're surrounded by 10 images by the same artist. Now this, this gallery has a warning on its door. The warning says, This art may be objectionable to some viewers. I'll tell you that's scripture. But it shows us in all its gaudy, apocalyptic, powerful, scary imagery, the spiritual realities of what happened in that little town of Bethlehem so long ago. So let's stand in that gallery and look at these images together. I can't talk about all 10 of them, and I certainly can't tell you everything everyone has ever said about them. But I hope that, that in the year to come and the weeks to come, you'll go back to this gallery, Revelation 12, and you'll look around, and you'll let these images change how you understand Christmas, how you understand what happened in that cave. So, image one. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains in the agony of giving birth. So this is Mary, this woman. And and she is favored, like the angel says in Ruth. She has a crown, and, and she's placed up there with the sun and the moon high in the sky, and she's giving birth. Mary is giving birth to Jesus. Image two. And then another sign appeared in heaven. A great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems, that means crowns, on his heads. So, in this illustration, there's a big wham, right? The sea monster of oppressive evil kingdoms. He symbolizes powerful, wealthy nations, and and he has the influence and the power to sweep away huge portions of the stars with his tail. So this, this dragon, one interpretation is that it's Rome. And we read also in this, own, this chapter that the dragon is also the devil, the Satan. Images have multiple meanings in this gallery. And so the conflict is introduced. 
Woman versus dragon. Mary versus Herod. God's kingdom versus the kingdom of humanity. And the question is, who's going to win? And then we'll move to image four. The dragon stood before the woman who was about to deliver a child so that he might devour the child as soon as it was born. And that the dragon is waiting, waiting for her to give birth. This is a grotesque image. But the dragon doesn't get what he wants because, next image, she gave birth to a son, a male child, who was to rule all the nations with an scepter of iron. Now, both the woman and the dragon are described as a sign, but this child is is not a sign. This child doesn't have multiple meanings. It's as if this realistic photo has been inserted in this image. This is a real child. His name is Jesus. And this child has a destiny to shepherd all the nations, all the people with an iron scepter We can compare and contrast this child to the dragon. The baby is weak. The dragon is powerful. The heads, the horns of strength, the crowns of wealth. I mean, let's look at this little baby next to the dragon. And and if honestly, if we weren't in church and if we weren't on Team Jesus already, we'd be laughing. We'd be like, poor baby, that dragon is going to eat him for tea time. But as we start having deep concern about the welfare of the baby, image six, the child was snatched away. It's as if some hand enters the frame and, and grabs the child and takes him somewhere else. Whose hands are these? Sometimes in scripture, we have what's called divine passive. And, and that means it doesn't say who did it, but God did it. The actor is God, God or God's messengers, and and they snatch the baby from the mouth of the dragon and take him to the throne because this child is a king. No wonder Herod felt threatened if you were here this afternoon. And just like King Herod's plan to kill the newborn baby Jesus was foiled with the Magi's cooperation in God's plan and then Joseph's obedience to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt, so too is the dragon's plan foiled. And Mary, too, is protected. She's taken away to the wilderness of Egypt where she and her family stay for three and a half years, which is about 1,260 days. And then, move on to image seven, we see this cosmic war between the angel, the angel Michael and the dragon, and, and then the angels win, and the dragon is cast down to earth, and then as we're in the gallery looking at the, the pictures, suddenly the speakers turn on and start playing a song. It's a song of victory, and we hear, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah because the war is won. This host of angels, this angel army of God, they defeat the seven-headed dragon. Now, the gallery isn't over with what I read. There are more images, and you can continue reading chapter 12 if you would like to see them. I will say, you might not want to do that on Christmas Eve, but maybe tomorrow or the next day. But if you read this, you will find that the dragon, he's not done. He strikes again. The dragon's a sore loser. (laughs) He strikes the children of the women. 
the children of the women who I think are us, those who try to keep God's commands and who choose to follow Jesus, the, the baby in the manger. The dragon is the powers and principalities, the evil, the empire, the Satan who causes shame through accusations about us. The cosmic battle, it's been won, but the dragon's a sore loser. But his end will come. And that's how Revelation 12 presents another picture of the nativity. And I hope maybe when you hear this story, you'll think, huh, I could add a dragon to my nativity scene. That would be a great way to remember this story, to remember God's power manifested on this night 2,000 years ago, how in this little town of Bethlehem, God won a war. Pastor Daryl Johnson writes, The war in heaven is won through the birth of the child on earth. The war is won through the life of the child. The war is won through the preaching, teaching, healing ministry of the child. The war is won through the crucifixion of the child. The war is won through the resurrection of the child. The war is won through the ascension of the child to the throne. Or as another poet wrote, and this is in your bulletin tonight, This little babe, so few days old, is come to rifle Satan's fold. All hell doth at his presence quake, though he himself with cold do shake. And this is what we celebrate in our Christmas. This weak, newborn, crying, he did cry. That song that says he didn't cry is wrong. Wrapped in rags, lying in a manger, surrounded by rough shepherds. This child will, in his incarnation, in his death and resurrection and ascension, fatally wound the dragon. I I was looking for a hymn about this in our hymnal, this topic of the dragon and how he's defeated through the victory of Christ and, and the angels, and there wasn't one. But I did find the text in your bulletin. This text was written by a Jesuit priest in the 16th century in England. Robert Southwell lived in England during a time of great religious turmoil between Catholics and the rest of Elizabethan England. And he was killed for treason, which meant he was killed for being religiously Catholic, at the age of 34. But in this hymn, he expresses great confidence in Christ And the invitation God gives us to join with Christ, to stick to his tents, to trust him to guard us. The final verse reads, My soul with Christ, join thou in fight. Stick to the tents that he hath pight, the tents he has put up. Within his crib is surest ward, this little babe will be thy guard. If thou wilt foil thy foes with joy, then flit not from this heavenly boy. And I've asked Jean and Katie and Ruth to join with me to sing this carol of victory. It's a fast one. You'll need the text to follow along. But let us celebrate our God, our God who defeats dragons through this little baby, Jesus, our Lord. <laughs>